0: Mr. Steve Byrne joins us in the studio. Yes. Hello, sir. Thank you very much for coming in Thanks today. Thanks me. Appreciate it. You're at Laugh Boston. You were there last night. You're there tonight one show, tomorrow two shows, See, right? Yeah, yeah. 7.45, 9.45, I think? Something like that, yeah. Something like that, around, around that time. That sounds good, yeah. Uh, LaughBoston.com to get your tickets, and it's nice to have a fellow... uh a, a fellow Pittsburgher. Yeah.
1: Yeah, two half Asians from Pittsburgh two, with
0: who, radio voices. Right, exactly. Who who would have thought? You're
1: listening to WAAF 107.3. There you go.
0: Can you fill in for me for the rest <laughs> of the show? So I, I can I take up on right? Friday.
1: <laughs> yeah, here's the killers, Mr. Brightside. There you go. You listen to WAAF.
0: i mean, I was Steve Byrne. Afternoon drive. <laughs> yeah, it's uh. So you grew, you weren't born there, but you grew up in Pittsburgh,
1: right? Is born in Freehold, uh, and grew up in Pittsburgh. Yeah, right. So I was in Freehold till like uh Freehold, Manalapan till. I was like eight or nine, and then Pittsburgh.
0: Pirates. I don't know if you're a baseball guy. Garbage. Yeah, this year. Awful. Just
1: get Just why even bother? It's right. just so bad. It, it, it's, just, it's a business for them. They just get these draft picks, and then they sell them off. And I then know. They, they make the
0: playoffs. They have an amazing season. It's like, well, eh, we'll dismantle this. We'll get rid of everybody. Yeah, We're not even going to try. Not even try to pathetic. fill the seats. Yeah. And then
1: the Steelers have falling apart, and... That's why I've always been a hockey guy.
0: I know. You are a serious hockey guy. You've played hockey. Josh Dolan uh, yep. is, a, is a serious hockey freak. Oh, nice. He as well? Yes. Yeah. Also
1: it, black and gold fan, but different black and gold. Different, different black and gold. gold. Yeah, <laughs> right. We uh. had powder blue first, and then we upgraded <laughs> to the black and gold to keep it all in one. Yeah. How, how are they looking this year for you? I think, you know, the window is shrinking for the pens, and I think that they... It, look, it's hard to 3 So it's it's, you're asking a lot for a team to threepeat, but we repeated, and that was pretty Mm -hmm. awesome. And we've made the playoffs ever since. uh, You know, it's been I think it's like 12 years straight now. So there's nothing to complain about. Um, But yeah, good luck to your to your Bruins. How do you feel about Phil Kessel leaving town? You know, you hear all these things about Kessel, and you guys have had the experience of having him over here, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. he's just an eccentric guy. I think he's not going to go to the gym. He's (laughs) going (laughs) to... He doesn't look like a professional athlete. (laughs) No, he looks like like the guy... He's got the body of a cubicle worker. (laughs) He's a phenomenal athlete. So I think he's just this eccentric guy that plays by his own rules, and he produces. If he didn't produce, he wouldn't be in the league, but... He's fantastic. He's got an incredible shot. So I think any team's happy to have him. But, you know, eventually it seems like he's one of those guys that wears out his welcome. Yeah. In terms of morale.
0: You know, uh, you might know Steve Byrne from Sullivan & Son, um, but you are also a director. Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, you directed... Just starting to do that, yeah. Yeah, and you directed a, a great... I have to say, it's a really great documentary on the amazing Jonathan. Thank you. Who we've had here in the studio. Mm-hmm. And um, it's a really sweet... Here we go. St- I know, I just want to... Yeah. I got to ask you about this. <laughs> here we it's, go. It's, it's, it, your documentary really focuses on him and uh, his manager. What is his name? His road manager. The, oh, the, Joel Osborne. The who, kid from Australia. Yeah. and uh, And really, it's their story. Sure, and and um, it's a very sweet story in, of mutual admiration and and but there's this other documentary out there. Yeah. Uh, it's just called the Amazing Jonathan documentary. Yeah, and when the Amazing Jonathan was last in our studios, it was that documentary crew. Uh-huh. Now after watch, I watched your documentary. I had no idea there was a, another whole documentary crew. I thought that I was like I don't remember seeing Steve Byrne in here because I had no idea, and so it, his documentary is more of like it's it's weird, it's paranoid. You not know, he's making it like you don't know what's real. Is yeah. jo- Jonathan really dying? But you're you're exactly right. He's making it like. So you know, are you saying it's not so much Jonathan? It's it's the director. Who it's is-
1: certainly contrived for sure. And uh, you know when I found out I was in a film at Sundance, I was just like, why wasn't I invited? <laughs> so that's kind of like, it's nice to be on camera w- and given consent. So, you know, when I when I found out there was another film about Jonathan being made while I was making the film about Jonathan, I instantly thought it's the right thing to do to reach out to this other filmmaker and let's see what our narratives are. And if our narratives are different, then maybe we can still proceed forward. If if they're kind of the same, maybe we team up. I didn't know what the situation would be, but I thought the smart thing to do and the respectful thing to do would be to reach out to this individual, whoever it is. So I did that, and then Jonathan, as you guys know, his three shows were... His first one, I think, was at the Wilbur, and then the other mm-hmm. one was like... Or the Chinese restaurant, then the Wilbur, and then Foxwoods. and Or Mohegan Sun, sorry. So um, we, I called out, I, re- I reached out to him, we're talking, and I said, Look, we should find out what our films are. And I said, I'll just go first, I'll just... You know, I'll just show you my cards and we'll see what happens. And then I told him, Jonathan's the face. Joel is the heart of the film. It's really about this great dynamic. And then his was more cinema verite, kind of fly on the wall, following Jonathan right. around. And more, it's usually kind of like more of an artistic vantage point of, of a film. So we agreed to proceed forward, you know, and... I show up here in town, and I take a red eye over, and you know, I'm at the luggage thing. And Jonathan was on the same flight. Joel was on the same flight. And you know, next thing I know, it's like six in the morning. There's a camera in my face, and you know, just asking questions, I'm like, hey, you know, I just got in. Can we not? Can you just not put me on on camera, please? You know, not even like, hey, how you doing? I'm I'm the other filmmaker. just right. Boom. It's like a strong cup of coffee at six a.m. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> can we chill out and um. And then that 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 stopped, and that's what ended up in that Hulu doc. You know, right? Your
0: face is all blurred. You've all got the blurred. voice masking on, so you're like, you're "Oh, who is your criminal, my, my friend?" So, I sound demonic, right? Yeah,
1: and uh, <laughs> and then we 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 agreed to meet in the lobby later that day. So we met in the lobby. And I said, look, I'm just here to cover the film, to, to cover the shows. I just want access to the shows, and I just want to interview him one of the three shows afterwards to see how he feels. That's all I need. He said, great. That's that's great. And at the end of it, um, he basically said, uh, so can I interview you for my film? And I'm like, look, I don't want to be interviewed. I'm not putting myself in the doc. I hate docs that do that, where the directors make themselves a part. Of- I-, I just don't want any... I don't want any notoriety. I'm just doing this to tell the story. He goes, well, don't you think you owe me? I was like, owe what? you?
0: Oh, you want? I go, oh, you what, what do you mean? He goes, he
1: goes, well, I've been doing this two years longer than you, so don't you owe me? I go, look, man, I don't want to be in your film. I don't want to be in my film. So <laughs> don't put me on camera, okay? Please just do not film me. And he said, he said, okay. I said, don't film me, okay? And I held my hand out. He goes, I won't film you. We shook on it. And next thing I know... I get a call from two friends that are at Sundance. They're like, "Hey, you know, <laughs> did you know you're in the other doc?" I go, "No." They go, "Yeah. Not only are you in the doc, you're the antagonist." And I'm like, "What the?"
0: Yeah, he really and makes just... it like, it, it, and it's amazing because your documentary is so different from his. Yours is I I, I keep using the word sweet because that's what that story is that friendship between Joel. Yeah and Jonathan and, you know, them coming up together and him being like a father figure, and his was all like, is he really dying? He's smoking crystal meth, yeah. you know, all this all this stuff. Uh, I would have, you know, and the reaction to the people, like Weird Al is in the other one and stuff, sure. and their reaction was like, what the hell are you guys doing there?
1: Yeah, exactly. So, I, I Look, it was an uncomfortable situation for anybody to be in, and there's aspects where I pull myself out emotionally and go, well, what would I have done in the same situation? But... But I think that this other filmmaker just went to a very disrespectful route, especially once you shake hands and make an agreement. Right. at a principle, I just find that a tough pill to swallow. I just would never do that. And to know that the film was, you know, like celebrated and acknowledged like at Sundance, it's like, who would support a film where you're taking another filmmaker and throwing them under the bus narratively, right. yeah. without without their consent, and putting them in a film, and you're going to okay that? Like I thought Sundance was a celebration of filmmaking and filmmakers with voices, and they just went ahead and did it, and and it just told me so much about the industry, and it told me so much about this other person's character. Uh, I, I just I I just find it incredibly disrespectful, and the fact that you know he showed up at our film premiere and filmed it and put yeah. us in that film, and then he lied to us when he was there filming us, like literally lying about being there. I, I just thought, why? Why can anybody not see through this? And yeah. so I was glad when I saw the reviews come out, in like Variety and Hollywood Reporter and them just kind of like, like s- they saw through the mist. Mm-hmm. They saw through the fog of war, yeah. and they saw f- it for what it was, and it was narcissistic and self-serving, and he put himself in. And he made it seem like I've got to film myself now. Due to the circumstances, but prior to me showing up, he was always filming himself.
0: So, oh yeah, he's you're, you're, in your documentary. I, I do we even see you? I can't even remember seeing never. Like you never. You
1: hear you only hear me once. It's at the very beginning of the yeah. film when I interviewed Copperfield. I just said describe Jonathan in one right. in one word.
0: Yeah, and he's and, uh, in it throughout. He's like just he's up front, just like Jonathan is in his documentary.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean the great thing about our doc is that, and I've I've. Look, our film went up on YouTube. I talked to Bill Burr. I'm Mm -hmm. sure you guys know who Bill Burr is in this (laughs) this town. So uh, so I talked to Bill and Al Magical, who run all things comedy. I just said, look, what I learned from this experience is that because the other doc, the other doc got to marketplace first because they were on Sundance and Mm -hmm. they went to this film festival, and so they were acquired there. And the thing I kept hearing from agents and buyers is that, well, Their film has the value because they're first to market. So there's no real room for your film uh, on these other streaming platforms that would pay to acquire it. And I said, okay, okay. So I I took a day or two and I said, well, the value is going to market first, right? I was like, well, everybody has Netflix and, you know, some people have Hulu, but everybody, everybody has access to YouTube. Right. So I was like, well, I'm going to go to market first. So I, I reached out to Burr and Al Magical and I said, I explained the situation. I said, hey, can we get this, uh, can we get this film up? And they go, uh, they go, hell, <laughs> of course, different words, but right. hell yeah. So, <laughs> so we put it up. We launched it. I went on every podcast, Segura, Kreischer, everybody I knew that I could get in touch with that would have me at the time. And, you know, the film's got almost 600,000 views in two and a half months. That's a lot for a documentary.
0: It's not a five-minute clip of, of somebody's it's a, cat. You but know? it's a good documentary. I mean, it's a great story. Yeah and, I think- and and Jonathan is such an a, a, a just incredibly interesting character yeah. you know, on his own and it's it's you know everything about it Compared to the other documentary, you know the, the way it's filmed, the cinematography, the story, everything is great in it. The only problem with it is it doesn't have me in it like the other documentary does, and I think that's <laughs> maybe why you didn't get the respect at Sundance. I think Dance. so. Yes, because there's at least nine seconds of me in the other documentary. which Well, believe probably, me, if I was going to put another half Asian
1: in it, it would right. be you. It I would not I be appreciate me. that. <laughs>
0: yeah. I, you know, and I'll, if you want to do some reshoots, I'm I'm available immediately. I could
1: recobble it together because yeah. it's on YouTube. And right.
0: It's <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, you know, the, that's the great thing about the film, though, is that we put it up. We were I, I said, let's leave the comment section as is. I never monetized it. I didn't want any adverts on it. I just said, I just want as many people to see this as possible. And it's got 19,000 likes to 200 dislikes. So that's a crazy, like, ratio of 19,000 yeah. to 200 yeah. some. And that's the thing I'm most proud of is that the people that have watched it, the people that have responded and communicated, even you go to the comment section, it's all like... Really positive. I've seen like t- a handful of negative comments, and one of them was <laughs> was just dumping on me, like saying, "Oh, I can't believe Asian Kevin Spacey made this." And I was like, that's "Asian like- <laughs> Kevin what? Spacey?
0: <laughs> what the Which hell I'm like,
1: I'm like, "All right, oh, yeah, that's, that's fine. If that's as bad as it gets in in terms <laughs> of slagging the film, that's that's okay." But really proud of it, and because of that film, I got to make. I'm making another doc for Comedy Central. I haven't really announced it yet, but I'll be doing that and. And I, I, I kind of knew narrative because I wrote and directed a feature film called The Opening Act that's coming out sometime in 2020 about my early years in stand-up. And Jimmy O. Yang plays a younger version of me.
0: Oh, nice. In that. Nice. Uh, from Silicon. He's like Silicon Valley is probably yeah. the biggest thing people mean. know. Uh, from, hot dog. Yeah.
1: Uh, Alex Moffat plays the feature act and then Cedric the Entertainer plays the headliner. And the whole film is about a comic's first time ever on the road. Uh, it takes place over four days, and the first half of the film is like all the romanticism and optimism and partying of hanging out with the feature act that's played by Alex Moffat, and the back half of the film is the reality, sobriety, and isolation that comes with him warming up to this veteran that's played by Cedric the Entertainer. So so I got to kind of do those around the same time that Jonathan and this thing, and uh, yeah, I'm really proud of both of them, so I'm excited for them to come nice. out nice back on the road and... Starting to do stand up again.
0: I'm surprised you didn't uh, just like lay out the other director of the other documentary because I, I listened to your latest appearance on uh, the mm-hmm. Fighter and the Kid podcast oh. with Brian Callen. <laughs> yeah. And even like he had uh, Tariq. Do you remember his last name? He's a trainer. He trains like NFL players and stuff like that. I forget his last
1: name, but I, I, he's he like a super nice guy.
0: He's like this Afghani like, trainer. He's like ripped and he's like, You've been in more fights than I've ever been in my lifetime. Then, yeah. And he trains. Yeah. yeah and he, and, and like he, He's like fought with mercenaries yeah. like he went back to Afghanistan for a little while and yeah. got into a fight with a mercenary. Like scary fights. Yeah, right. scary fights. But you it seem, you are it seems like you get into a lot of fights. I mean No, I look, that's obviously younger. The, is that for the Korean sure. side of you? It's definitely
1: the Korean side, yeah. it's definitely the Irish side. It's definitely both of them. Yeah, it's all, it's all of me, yeah. But I think I think Koreans have uh, something called han and it's basically a chip on your shoulder and it's it's something spiritual in nature that Koreans know about. And then I think, you know, there's definitely the scrappy Irish side of me. So I think, you know, it's like there's stereotypes, but I think there is truth to those things. And when you're going out and you're in your 20s and, you know, <laughs> into your 30s and you're still you're, drinking yeah. and, right, yeah. and going out after, after these shows, you know, somebody says something smart. It's like, well, I'll, I'll say something back. And then it escalates and then it kind of goes from there. So I never minded, like, you know, getting into a tussle when I was younger.
0: It's the hockey thing. It was definitely the hockey. Did you pull aspect, anybody's too. shirts over their heads? Did you do <laughs> pull well, that move a couple times? When I was in,
1: uh, I was in Phoenix, Arizona, with another comic. And if you guys, I, I don't need to tell it again. If you heard it, but uh, you know, oh, uh, is this the?
0: It's the elevator? Yeah. Oh, can I, you please tell that story? Yeah, That's, so I... This is one of the craziest fight stories I've ever heard.
1: So I, I. I after the show, you're a young comic, you're single, you go out, you try to meet some girls after the show, you meet some girls, and I was with another comic, we met some girls, we go back to the hotel, we separate off, we ho- all hook up, and then end up uh in the other comic's room, and I was like, all right, well, I'm gonna, these girls are getting out of here, I'm gonna walk them to, the, to, their, to their car, he's like, you're gonna walk them to the car? I was like, yeah it's the least i can do right so so i go out to to walk him in the car and then uh we're in the, in the lobby i see this one guy holding open the doors and four of his friends behind him and i'm like oh god i hope the girls aren't in that elevator and of course the girls are in the elevator so it's you know it's five black guys right okay. and it's pertinent to the story otherwise okay. i just i just it's just five human beings right. but it's right. pertinent so so i go under the guy's arm and I swoop under and I'm like, all right, I get it, guys. We're all out on the weekend having a good good night. But, uh, <laughs> you know, we're cool, right? And he is absolutely ignoring me absolutely 100% ignore me he's just laser focused on this girl he's like come on come on come on party she's like i'm not partying with you he's like come on give me your number give me your number she's like i'm not giving you my number and he keeps doing it and i go i go come on buddy let's just wrap this up and his buddies were like tapping him on the shoulder to wrap it up oh
0: even his buddies were his
1: buddies were and i was like thank god that's a good sign and then i'm thinking it's going to de-escalate at some point he's going to partition off and he asked like two or three more times and then the girl goes I'm not giving you my number you and then she dropped the N bomb and I was like oh, oh I was like God. Ralphie in a Christmas story. Oh fuck. <laughs> right. So I'm just sitting there like, no, and everything in this moment happens in slow motion. I I remember vividly. He comes into the elevator and then because he's been holding it so long, it's not like pressures build up, but the doors just shut. Right. Because I'm waiting to shut. So you're in there with him and the two girls. I'm in there with the two girls, and he starts kind of like walking towards the girl, and I get in front of him, and I, you know, I'm like, you're not touching the girl, so I get in front, hold him back, and now I know the minute I kind of go up, I'm like, it's do or die, we're in an elevator, this is bad, and again, playing hockey, Mm -hmm. when I was growing up, you know, you you gotta figure, most black guys don't play ice hockey, (laughs) So, so I just go over and I pull the shirt over his head and I just start wailing. I'm going for broke because, again, we're in an elevator and I know it's compact. I'm just like, drill him, drill him, drill I'm just wailing everything I have on his head. And he's going, chill, dog, chill, chill, dog. I go, are you done? He goes, chill, dog, chill. I go, are you done? Are you done? And I keep wailing. He goes, I'm done, I'm done. So he stands up and he pulls his shirt off and it pull, he goes to pull his shirt on. And as he's pulling his shirt on, I'm realizing we rocked the elevator off its moorings somehow, so we are stuck. We're absolutely stuck in the elevator. We're not going anywhere. So
0: you you just gave this guy a beating, but now Now you're stuck stuck in in an elevator, and the two girls still there, right? Two girls. The the one girl's crying. Okay.
1: The girl that dropped the N-bomb is crying. The other girl's, like, calming her down, (laughs) and I'm wondering, is this guy going to be a rat in a coffee can? Is he going to come after me right away? And he pulls his shirt over, and I remember... Sarah Smiles by Hall and Oates was playing, so
0: every time I hear that song, <laughs> oh, so you're triggered every time yeah. you hear Sarah. I'm at a
1: CVS and I hear Sarah Smiles, and you put up your fist instantly. You're like what? Yeah, where? Who? I have PTSD from that or something, and so so I remember that song is playing, and now this guy is staring at me, and I and I catch him in the corner of my eye, and I'm just kind of like trying to not look at him and ex- you know, accelerate the situation, or right. whatever. And then he keeps he keeps like looking at me, looking at me. I'm like, this guy's going to throw another punch at me, so I got to get ready. So I I, I kind of look back at him, and then he's just staring at me. He's looking at me differently. And then he just he just says he goes to me. He goes, were you on BET's Comic View? I was like, yeah. He goes, you did the Bruce Lee bit. I go,
0: yeah. He goes, I love that bit. I go,
1: yeah, man. I'm a comic. Amazing. He goes, what are you doing in town? I go, I'm doing a. The Phoenix, the, the improv, at the Phoenix improv. He's like, oh, that's awesome, man. I was like, yeah, I'll get you guys tickets. If you, that's how I met them. Oh, my God. And uh, he goes, yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> so now we're kind of talking stand-up, and then i a sudden you're, Bluh. So the elevator starts clicking in again, and I'm like, oh, thank God. So the elevator's <laughs> gone, and the door's open, and his boys have been waiting in the lobby the whole time. So as soon as the door's open... Pop, pop, pop. I just get drilled. Ping, ping, ping. Oh, no. So his my shirt gets his ripped. His friends are all over now you. Now it's a line brawl. Yeah, because they, they must have heard everything. Oh, okay. I guess in the lobby. So it's a total line brawl. <laughs> and I, I just got pop, pop, and my shirt got ripped. And then he jumps in. He goes, no, no, no. He's cool. He's cool. Guys, he does the Bruce Lee bit on comic book <laughs> oh, and, like, and then they're like, oh, because they had all seen it. And, and I was like, oh, thank God. So I step out. And then the hotel lobby guy goes, I called the cops, these guys split, the girls are gone, I'm in the elevator by myself, my shirt's ripped, I got a bloody lip, I got (laughs) jacked in the eye, and the other comic comes out of the business center holding a coffee. He goes, what happened? (laughs) (laughs) Dude, the Bruce Lee bit saved your life. The Bruce Lee bit saved my life, yeah. That's and he probably thinks I actually know martial arts, but I have no oh, right. idea yes, of what, course. you know. Because yeah. back in the day, you could just get in a fight. And I think that's the difference. Like when you're growing up <laughs> in the in the 90s, early 2000s, there was no MMA. There was no U.S. It was beginning, you know. Right, So right. you could literally be in a bar and some guy would just mouth off or you'd mouth off or I'd mouth off. And then you just get in a fight and you just do the best you can Everyone's based on the, the, the same league. level. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But nowadays, it's like, I am not... At all going to get because you never know, you never never know. So no, I'm not going to.
0: I wonder if he uh, ended up going to the gig. He never ended up going to the gig. Okay, because what did he uh, go to the door? Yeah, I um I, I got into a fight with Steve. Yeah, Byrne. He with said Steve I Burnt. could come by. He's still think, telling that story. <laughs> I think had that guy
1: in the lobby not said I called the cops, I would have yeah, gotten his right. name and stuff and gotten him oh tickets my God, in him and his voice. But yeah, that that uh that was one of my that that was the best fight story I've ever had. So yeah, but I've had many where I ended up on the.
0: That's like John Wick stuff—the elevator fight. The elevator. You know, yeah, you're in yeah, yeah, enclosed yeah. space. You know that's. What's well, just-
1: funny because when I was writing the uh, the opening act, that was one of the scenes I'd written out because I wanted to take everything that actually happened to me on the road and incorporate it. But narratively, it wasn't doing anything for the story other than saying this happens on the road. You know, so it, it just. Um, it kind of fell by the wayside, but maybe maybe the next
0: one. Well, uh, Steve Byrne, thank you very much for coming in, man. That's <laughs> yeah. that's an amazing story. It's it's. Well, I'm glad there's no stairs or elevator here. So well, I'm there is triggered. an elevator if you want to take a ride with Josh. Anybody got you know, an issue with Who me knows how to hockey I fight? Come <laughs> in? Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> Just clip on the fight strap on the back of your, back of your shirt. Yeah, you got there. the fight strap. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, But thank you for coming out, uh, Steve Byrne. Laugh Boston tonight, one show, uh, two shows tomorrow. LaughBoston.com. Uh, if you're on YouTube, and I know you are. Uh, stop watching the cat videos and watch Always Amazing, uh, his yeah. uh, Amazing Jonathan documentary. And despite me not being in that one, it's still the better <laughs> of the two. Did you I see the
1: newest d- one? Did you see the one on Hulu?
0: Yeah. Did you watch it? Yeah. Well, you know, I'm in it. Of course, I had to watch my scene like over and over What yeah. did you think of it objectively, if you were to just
1: comment on it? Because I do find it curious. Like if I didn't
0: things. know who Jonathan was, or yeah. if I didn't know there was another documentary... Yeah, what did you think of it? I, I th- I, I, to be quite honest, I couldn't yeah. stop watching it. Yeah. And it's just because that whole, like, is he really sick right, right. kind of thing. And he does, you know, Jonathan, he's not like Andy Kaufman in that right. sense, but he is a prankster. And I don't yeah. know if that's something he would do, like, and just bringing on another documentary crew to kind of, to, to make the situation difficult, yeah. if you know what I'm saying. I don't think
1: Jonathan's that smart to pl- game plan things like that because he would never know where these are going to end up. But I think knowing knowing that I was on the other side and I saw it I saw it with my lawyer yeah I'm <laughs> so, sure yes. I watched it and I was I was trying to be objective as well because if it's if it's like intriguing, I go oh, okay I, I understand what's going on. But when you know all the plot points are mm-hmm. deceived and uh, made of deceit deceitful nature and contrived uh, I think that, when i when i watch i could deconstruct it i'm like it's all just it's all just false it's all completely false well you can tell that one is made for them and yours is kind of made more for jonathan yeah mine was a love letter to jonathan's legacy career and the friendship that unorthodox fraternal friendship he had with joel because i've known them for so long and i've known all the stories Mm -hmm. i knew exactly the story i wanted to tell so i was never in a pinch to create something like like that that confrontational point where he sits down with jonathan and says um he says you know i think you're faking this i I think you're making it all up right what he didn't put in the film that i know is that he pulled out like two grand and said if you take this money and let let you let me film you throwing me out of the house really i will um I will have an ending to my film. Wow. And Jonathan that's when John, that's when Jonathan takes the mic off and he's like, All right, get out of here. I want you out of my home. So it's like I know all the t- tricks that occurred to to right. stoke that reaction out of Jonathan. And, you know, when you know the other side of it, you're just like, it it's all just BS, you know. Yeah. I wish I could swear on but mm. it's So great, do we. So
0: believe yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yours definitely captures the story between Jonathan and Joel, and I think that's that that's what makes your doc a lot better. It's because a guy's that story. Film. It's it's a great story between them.
1: Yeah, it's a it's just a total guys film. It's like yeah. two guys that truly love each other, and I, I I'm really proud of it because when Jonathan said he was sick, and then he's coming back, Joel actually saw him through all those things: suicide attempt, nasty divorce, Vegas, the perils of Vegas, and then Joel ends up opening for him. I like that's why I did it in the first place because I could see the whole film mapped out. In front of me so um i know we ended this interview
0: a little bit no ago, no but. it's okay i'm just trying to i'm trying to get, like, set things up over here too and so but but um, you're gonna play
1: more killers in oasis right
0: uh yes for well actually home. you're staying you're staying to play the killer i'm leaving okay that's right I'm that's right you're taking yeah. over for the next couple this is steve
1: hours. Byrne, guys stay off the 95 it's
0: jacked uh waaf <laughs> enjoy the weekend all right steve Byrne. laugh boston tonight uh two shows tomorrow uh he promises he won't start a fight with you